This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Also in the moment or outside of the moment, but then in the moment, you say like, okay, you know, this is this tool called boot them out. So it looks like you guys are having a problem. You're welcome to continue arguing. You just have to go out on the back porch to do it. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to the Joyful Courage Podcast, a place where we tease apart what it means to be a conscious parent and a conscious human on the wild ride of raising teenagers. I'm your host, Casey O'Rourke, positive discipline lead trainer, parent coach, and mom walking the path right next to you as I imperfectly raise my own two kids. Joyful Courage is all about grit, growth on the parenting journey, relationships that provide a sense of connection and meaning, and influential tools that support everyone in being their best selves. Today's show is super special. I mentioned a few weeks back that I wanted to bring some live coaching to the show. Today is the first of those live coaching calls that you get to listen in on. I'm super grateful for my guest. She shows up in beautiful transparency and authenticity. And we talk about something that I know so many of us are navigating with our kids, sibling dynamics. I hope that you get so much from this show and I'm so excited for you to listen. Enjoy the show. Okay. Hey, listeners. Welcome. I'm so excited about this show today because we're in experimental territory. A few weeks ago, I said, who wants to come on and get some live coaching? And my Instagram friend, Giselle, said, pick me. And so, Giselle, I'm so excited that you're here and willing to play with me um, and get some coaching live. Oh my gosh, I, I am more excited than you are. I mean, um, it, the resources that you share has, that you've shared during these last couple of years that I've been following you have been so useful and has really transformed me. You know, it has transformed me and I'm trying, I'm going to try not to get emotional, but it has transformed me in such a beautiful way that um, I felt, so, I was like, yes, I'm going to ask for this opportunity right away because it's pretty amazing what you do with us. Oh, well, thank you. And I have to share some gratitude to you too, because, you know, you can see me right now because we're on Zoom and I sit in front of this microphone and I speak into it. 
And I don't always know how things land for people. And it's always so beautiful when I hear from listeners and you've been like a consistent person who will show up and say, thank you, or this is how that landed for me, or I really appreciate. So thank you for that. Yes. Thank you for that. It's always good to know that I'm not just speaking into the void and that what I'm putting out is useful. So I'm really, I'm really honored to get to both offer this space to you and to solve a very real and relevant problem or to get you, move you in the direction of finding a solution. And also just really honored that you are willing, because this is a, I mean, it's a vulnerable space, right? Like millions of people are going to be listening now. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Um, But no, I mean, you're, you're, you, you're, you're doing a service to all of us because, and listeners, what you're going to hear is we're going to get into sibling dynamic and sibling fighting. And for anyone who has more than one kid, I mean, uh, yeah, right. Yes. Yes. It's not just, yeah, it's super messy and it's just real. It's a real thing. So Giselle, when I said, yeah, book it, I sent you the link and I asked you a couple of questions. So I'm just going to read your response to the questions and then we'll dig in. Does that sound good to you? Fantastic. Yes. Awesome. So the first question was to describe the current challenge and who's involved. So you said that your current challenge is how to respond when your kids start fighting and arguing and they just don't stop and they keep going back and forth and back and forth. All of this while you're working on maintaining your coolness, your Zen, My not flipping. Yes. Finding the balcony seat. And, um, you find yourself trying to let each of them know that they're, you know, that they can find their own peace and that they don't need to continue to argue. Um, if they have, if they understand what their own truth is. Right. Um, And then the next question was, what is your desired outcome? And you said, I would like to know and learn a successful way to make them stop arguing and the follow-up conversations that probably need to happen after they've cooled off. And you want to really use these situations to support them on their journey of developing healthy relationships. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I'm sure I'm not the only one. And as I've been following along in your journey, and learning from your journey, you know, um, sitting in the balcony, it's fantastic. But there comes a time where, you know, <laughs> you're off the balcony on top so of that. <laughs> I progress so much in yeah. not reacting and, and responding to these situations. Yeah. But I feel that I am leaving out an important component of the dynamic that happens when they fight and, and how we can move on from it. Yeah. And so you've got, tell me who your, your kids are. So you've got a 15 year old daughter, 15 year old daughter and a six and a 10 year old son. And they're they're both very, very active. Okay. Very, very active. Meaning they've got a lot of stuff going on. A lot of things they're interested in. Is that what you mean? Or like big bodies? No, I mean, during this, these past six years that I've been living in the United States, I've been um in my i've been you know learning a lot from other from many things and i feel that i want to provide them the space to to grow from their from their extracurricular activities mm-hmm. from their um, um you know their creative 
side and and they are very outspoken you know Mm -hmm. Um, we've developed a a culture in our house which has not always been very good in school but we've promoted an open space to express our emotions right so it's it's it's, yes yes you know i want my kids to feel comfortable expressing their emotions right and that comes with that you know that back and forth and mm-hmm. and and how to stop it is the biggest challenge mm-hmm. so my kids will tell you when something hurts them um emotionally or physical um and they'll tell you when they're happy when they're confused when they have any type of an opinion on anything going on okay where were you before you were here where I, I'm I'm Puerto Rican I'm from Puerto okay. Rico yes okay. and I moved to the states six and a half years ago um, okay to precisely, you know, give them these opportunities and more. Okay. So, okay, great. So you've got a 16, 15 year old daughter, 10 year old son, lots of room for expression, beautiful. Right. And because they're siblings, they're getting into the muck with each other. I, so I do want to highlight one of the things that I loved about your response to the first question I find myself trying to let each of them know that they own their peace and that they do not need to continue to argue if they have their own truth. This is beautiful, lovely, and something that they will come to understand over time with lots and lots of practice, right? Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God, spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. Hey, so I'm so excited. I want to share with you about one of our new sponsors, Starglow Media. They have this amazing show for all of you with younger kids called Mysteries About True Histories. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers and on adventures through time packed with puzzles and hidden equations, histories and laughs. You all know Alana, our 
co-founder at Sproutable. She listened to the show with her seven-year-old and loved it. They would pause the show and try to figure out the math problems together, loved learning about different cultures and the histories around the world. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and so much more. Math is geared Math is what they call it. Math is geared towards kids six and over, but can be enjoyed by the entire family. Episodes drop every Thursday, and they're about 15 minutes. Perfect length for the car rides, mealtime, break time, bedtime. Each episode is stacked with so much laughter, and your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories math with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. So the cool thing about siblings is it is a place where they learn about relationships, right? It's a place where they don't have to, like in a peer relationship, there's pressure, um, you know, there's all sorts of different dynamic happening, but in a sibling relationship, nobody's going anywhere. Nobody's, you know, there's no like, oh, I'm not going to be friends with you anymore. I'm not going to be your brother anymore. That's just not, I mean, they can make that choice when they're adults, but until they leave the house, like they're stuck with this person, right? So it's this really, it's kind of a double-edged sword. On one hand, it's amazing because it's this lifelong um, or this, you know, early days practice in, in being together and and sharing opinion, sharing relationship with parents, um, bouncing off of each, learning to banter, learning that problem solving practice. But at the same time, it's like, ah, this person never goes anywhere. They're always right here. And oh my gosh, they're so annoying, right? So both of those things um, exist at the same time. So I want to know about what your experience is when they fight. So how does it make you feel? Actually, will you tell me about the last, like, give me an, a scenario about the last time where it really felt like, ah, this is what I want to talk to Casey about. Um, well, I can think of a, I, I, I can, I mean, I've progressed, um, and we're still learning obviously. Sure. Um, but I can think of two scenarios, one okay. where I've kept my cool, and one where I was like, where's the chancleta? And I love that podcast that you had, you know, like, I'm like, I'm getting, I'm taking off my shoe and I'm just going to make them stop, which we know that it did not stop. It just yeah. made it worse. Yeah. And obviously I felt horrible. And this happened, right. I don't know, maybe like a year ago or something. And then I can think it's about such a good, it's such a, it's such a reminder of how our conditioning, right? Our upbringing, our conditioning lives so deeply inside of us. Even when you, like you of all people who've been in touch with me, like you're really committed to this journey and, you know, and, and myself included, like even when we're super committed to it, it doesn't mean that that conditioning can't creep out. So thank you for being honest about that. Yes. So what was going on? So I can't even remember. It was really like in the heights of the pandemic here in Florida. Um, I cannot remember, you know, these kids, you're touching me. Don't look at me. Don't, you know, she said something mean to him. He responded and that just did not stop. Okay. That's when, you know, I kind of like reacted. And then right. I think of another scenario where the, then again, you know, my teenager has not slept 
strict enough because she's a night owl and then mm-hmm. we want to do things in the weekend and she needs to wake up because if not she's stuck at home and then she gets mad you know how it goes mm-hmm. so um probably um we were going to the beach or something and i woke her up real early so you know how that day is going to start mm-hmm. and no- anything and everything will just sparkle a discussion mm-hmm. and you know, I'm trying to teach my little guy, which I feel blessed to have a boy that I can really help him um, be a better generation. And I'm telling him, listen, Armando, keep your cool, you know, mm-hmm. and the older one, like, please um, stop. This yeah. is not going anywhere. Do you do you realize that this is not going anywhere? And just like repeating own your peace, own your peace. <laughs> and I felt wonderful because I did not have to get involved. <laughs> Great. So when they fight, when they start to get into it, right? When they start to get into it, how do you feel in those moments? What's an emotion in the that balcony. comes? Right. I'm in the balcony. Right. And so how does it feel as you observe your kids fighting with each other and not responding when you're asking them to stop? How does that feel for you? Well, how does it feel? Yeah. I mean, I feel that I own my peace. Okay. I feel as in I'm in control of my peace and I am not going to let them tick me off. Okay. And I am trying to make them stop. I don't know, but I'm not desperate. I'm still my cool. I am still owning my peace. I am just listening to to them in the back, arguing, Mm -hmm. you know, back and forth. And I'm just like praying it stops, Casey. Let me be honest. I'm just like praying it just stops. Right. So one one route that we take is like, I'm staying outside of it. I'm letting it happen. I'm taking care of myself, which is a really powerful and important practice. Right. And then the other part of your question is like, and what does it sound like to help them kind of process, move through it? Because it's yes, in the moment, right? In the moment, the best thing we can do is it's as long as it's not a physical confrontation, right? Uh-huh. So everybody listen to me when I say if it's a physical confrontation, you get in there and Obviously. you keep everybody safe. Yeah. No. So that's a thing. But when they are having a hard time and interacting with each other in a way that's hard to listen to, where you're doing your practice, getting into the balcony seat, it really is powerful to allow them the space to be in the muck and in the experience of relationship, because that's really what's happening. Now, one thing to keep in mind too, that's all well and good, but the other piece is having those conversations after the fact, before the fact, like, hey, guess what? Life comes with conflict, right? Relationship comes with conflict right now. Conflict exists and it looks like brother and sister or mom and daughter or dad and daughter, you know, like we live in this little micro experience where we all get to feel the whole range of emotion because of the relationships that we're in with each other. So in our family, what are the things that we value, right? And you as a family, like, what do we value? Do we value honesty and kindness? And what else is there? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, respect. I mean, yeah, respect. Uh-huh. And okay, great. So you generate, yes, yes. So you're generating like these are the things that we value. And there's going to be things on the list, Giselle, that you value that your daughter might be like, I don't really care about that. And that's, that's fine. <laughs> that is what it is. But at the end of the day, we've got to be able to solve problems with each other. So supporting the kids with some ideas around, you know, sometimes, you know, little brother, your big sister, man, she makes you crazy. What are some things that you can do for yourself? Right. And if you want to bring in that language that you already use around, how do we, because it's one thing to say, right. Like own your piece. It's another thing to like, know what that means. Right. Yeah, I, figured, I figured it's too complex for probably. the. Well, the- I don't think it's complex, but I think it's something that you get to like tease apart. Right. And say like, what is the, you hear me say this all the time. What do you think it means? Okay. You know, and then, and then be in the practice of it. Like, when is it easy to own your piece? Right. When is it easy to own your piece? And when is it harder? I would say you had said before we hit record, like in the car, when the bickering starts, like, yeah, in small confined places, it, it, and now we're pissed off. Like it's really hard to own our piece in the car when your sibling is, you know, is on top of you or is, is looking at you wrong. Right. You get to own your piece and this is what it looks like in that scenario. So I think breaking down, and this is really important. I think we're really good at this when our kids are little. It's like, okay, taking time to train, right? Teaching them how to do things, breaking things down into small steps. When they get older, we kind of expect like, come on, get it together, you guys. Forgetting that they're still developing those tools, right? They're still developing the tools that are required for them to let it go, right? I don't know if you ever say that, but I say that to my kids all the time. Just let it go. Yeah. It's yeah. like, you know what? Letting it go means defeat to them, right? Letting it go means I'm saying that somehow I don't matter and they're more important. Like they're making meaning too. So you get to like unpack that with them and, and talk about that. Like what makes it hard when I say, you know, let it go or own your peace. What are you hearing? Right. So, so what you're saying is that after after this happens, mm-hmm. probably go back to that phrase of owning your peace. What do you understand? Because in the moment, I can't. Oh, no, not in the moment. Yeah. And I would say not even after the fact. I would say like tomorrow. Don't wait. Don't wait for it to be a reflection. Just like open up the conversation right now. Like, hey, guess what? There are more sibling conflicts in our future because that's what happens when you have siblings, right? So let's talk about some ways. And and I want everyone to hear this too, not just you, Giselle. I think that we really want there to be a solution so that our kids don't fight. And I I don't have that, sorry. (laughs) I would charge a lot of money if I could give you that solution. But really what we can do and what we want to do is keep, is like bring it down to a dull roar. Because the beautiful thing about conflict is that's when they're flexing their muscles. That's when they're flexing their resiliency muscles and their problem-solving muscles, you know, is when there is a real conflict happening. That's when they get to practice 
or choose whether or not they're going to practice something like self-regulation. Yeah. Because a lot of this comes back to self-regulation, right? Because they flip because the sister does something and it ticks off the brother and now he's out of control and her mirror neurons get triggered and she's flipped and you're doing your work owning your piece on the balcony. In the meantime, you you know, your kids are really dysregulated. So having conversations beforehand about that, I'm curious what it was like for you growing up with your siblings. Um, I was raised by my single mom um, and my brother, my brother's like two years older than me. Mm-hmm. And I was always more dominant mm-hmm. and he was my older brother, but you know, I don't know. <laughs> so you were feisty. Did you guys fight very much? Um, I guess we did when we were little. Uh-huh. But then when we were like in middle school and high school, no. Mm-hmm. My brother is a very chill person, you mm-hmm. know. Now, I don't even remember why we fought when we were little, honestly. But I know that we probably, you know, had our times. Um, and and then my mom passed away when I was 16, and we kind of like had a, you know, refocus and, and set goals and, and, and do things right moving forward. So we never had any problems after that. But I don't have, I don't recall, I don't, I don't recall having many fights mm-hmm. with my brother, honestly. Okay. And you were closer in age too. Yes, we were two and a half. Closer in age. We are okay. two and a half. Okay. So when your kids fight, how do you project their relationship now into the future? Or do you? <sighs> Okay, one day he doesn't want her to touch her or nothing. And then the next day she's telling, she's, he's telling her, Karina, I love you. Thank you for bringing me ice cream. Mm-hmm. And they're all, they're both fans of each other's sports. Mm-hmm. And they want to support each other mm-hmm. and, and, and cheer them up. Mm-hmm. Um. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it will look like. I mean, she, my daughter, you know, she looks up for his future in sports. Mm-hmm. And, and, and my brother, you know, I mean, my son, I think, I think my daughter looks more into him and for his well-being. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I can't stand her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you see a little bit more of a softness from the daughter to the son versus the son looking up to the daughter. Yes. And okay. I would say, Casey, this is like more recent because mm-hmm. my daughter has been sleeping more. And we know how that goes. Um, yeah. Everyone listen to that podcast. It's a really good one about sleep. sleeping more and she's nicer. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully she doesn't hear me. <laughs> yeah. Well, and another piece around sibling dynamic too, that we talk about in positive discipline is it often is related to how secure the kids feel in their relationship to their parents. So I'm curious too, like what does special time and connection look like with the kids and with you? And do you have a a partner? Yes, my husband. Okay. So you have your husband. So what what does connection look like? If you were going to ask the kids like who they thought got more probably use the word attention that would make the most sense to them what would they say um can you explain that again like yeah so uh, you know our kids so you know belonging and significance I talk about belonging and significance and feeling connected to the family right so 
um, feeling like they're seen, they're understood, they're heard, having a solid connection with mom, having a solid connection with dad. How is that looking for your two kids right now? Um, maybe, maybe that's, a, I don't, I wouldn't be able to answer in their behalf. I wouldn't know, but I can, I can share that, you know, my husband, you know, he has a, like a more steady, not a steady job, but you know, his, his responsibilities are more rigid, mm -hmm. you know? So I'm the one that most of the time is bringing, taking, talking, mm -hmm. yeah, troubleshooting in school and sports and he, you know, um, and our, our family times, I'm an Enneagram eight, so I'm always looking for fun and adventure. So, um, when we are able to be together, we're always, mm -hmm. like, you know, either camping or boating or in the beach or in a game or something like that. Yeah. 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 So you do have your family time. You make sure that you have time together as a family. Do you yeah. think that the kids, do the kids tend to have, so sometimes in families, kids will fall into different roles. Like he's the sporty one. She's the smart one, or she's the sporty one. He's the smart one, or this one is more challenging. He's our tough one. This one's the easier one. Do you think that your kids, um, fall into roles like that? What, is, what are they? I, um, I say my daughter is, she's a dancer and, and she has good grades. She's like very self, well, she would not say that, but she's very self-motivating and completing her task. I mm -hmm. basically have backed away from her high awesome. school responsibilities. And mm -hmm. because at the same time, because of my experience growing up, I just let her, you know, figure things out and, mm -hmm. And be responsible for whatever uh, consequence she has in school and whatever. And she has um, good friends and stuff. And my son, my son, he's very active, as I mentioned. And he's very sporty. He is very athletically gifted in, in sports. But he cannot stand still. You know, mm -hmm. he's the one with the behavior. Okay. Or things like that. Okay. So my guess is he's probably one that could use some like one-on-one -on -one time with mom and with dad that have nothing to do with his behavior and just everything with, I see you, I love you just as you are. Because what happens is when they start to feel like that foundational connection is a little bit shaky and it has nothing to do Giselle with whether or not you're a good mom. Like you could be doing all the things they have their filter, they have their meaning making. And if he probably knows, like I'm the tough one, I'm hard for my teachers. I can't sit still. Everybody's bugged by that, but I can't help it. So he's making meaning. And then in comes sister because it's kind of hard to hold that, especially for at, a, at 10 years old, it's hard to hold that you're kind of a lot for people. Right. And so you kids want to release some of that. We'll call it pain, some of that discomfort. And the best way to do that is to pull other people into it. Like sisters walking by and I'm kind of feeling a little bit edgy. And so maybe I'll just like give her a little shove. Right. Or make a weird face at her. And then sister, you know, it's annoying. And so she responds and then the buildup happens. Right. So a proactive thing to do. And I know like parents that are, might be listening right now are like, wait, what, what does this have to do with sibling dynamic, this whole one-on-one -on -one time? But what happens is 
as he feels more secure in his relationships, he's going to become more easygoing, right? Not like a whole different kid, but as far as like that discomfort of ugh, my role and everybody's always irritated by me, you can kind of smooth that out. And then the need to be in conflict and to pass on the pain, we'll call it kind of lessens, right? It lessens. So that's one piece that I'm going to encourage you to do is really get into one-on-one time. What's his name? Remind. Armando. Armando. It's a great name, Armando. So really let him know, you know what, Armando, I want us to have a little bit more mother-son time. So like a couple times this week, would you like to go on a bike ride with me? Should we go to the park and kick your soccer ball around? Like whatever, let him decide. Obviously it'll be something active because he, that's what he likes to do. And so you're going to meet him there, but really enjoy him. Like really like relish that one-on-one time with your sweet little guy who can't stop moving. Right. And then as well, having conversations, the whole family, like how are we going to navigate conflict with each other? What are some things that we can do that we can commit to doing when we, when there's a problem between us, what are your ideas, right? So bringing it to the table and having it instead of like you two kids and you're fighting, we're done, right? Instead of it looking like that, have it really be like, we're, we're a family. Yeah. We're a family. And sometimes we're going to have conflict. And so what's important to remember, how do we want to interact with each other when we're feeling mad? What is the language we can use when somebody's pushing our buttons, right? How can we let them know? And then how do we, the other person, how can we receive it in a way that, you know, we can then change our behavior? Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, 
tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. One of the things that we we practice here is like, if, if we're having a discussion, it's going nowhere, we stop the conversation right there. I'm like, listen, I'm not, listen, ex, Karina, whoever, this is going nowhere. So let's just, when we're cooled off, we can bring it back the conversation and we can talk about it again. Yeah. It is so funny because now my little guy, he was like, he, if he's mad at me, he's like, mom, I don't want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. okay, you know, and yeah. I, and I was like, okay, perfect. That's okay. We can talk about it later. Yeah. Good. Because we can't, they, you can't access the part of the brain that you need for problem solving when you're, you have dysregulation going on. Right. So, so that's really smart. That's smart of him. And that's great modeling on your part because you've shown them like, woof. because when you're in that loop and not getting anywhere, it's because people are still flipped. There's still dysregulation going on. And so you really want to make sure like, okay, let's go take care of ourselves. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go do some deep breathing, or I'm going to take a walk around the block. I'm going to help myself calm down so that we can solve this problem. So So, I'll be calling you back together later on so that we can take a look at this and figure out what, what's going to make it useful. So we can all be in the car without fighting like what's gonna what's a solution for being in the car and making it listen um casey so my question is or what i think i'm hearing you say is that when the conflict happens let it cool by itself and not too long after come back to the conversation and break it down like hey Because, you know, if I ask them one more time, how do you feel? They're going to kill me and walk away. Yeah. But, you know, like, um, well, and I don't know, Giselle, I don't know that it's so important every single time to be like, okay, let's talk about what just happened. Right. I think it's bigger than that. And and you kind of lift up and out of that a little bit and just say, you know, so in the moment, I think one thing you can say in the moment is like, Sounds like you guys are having a hard time. Do you need help or can you solve your problem? Okay. Right. So that, and I, and let them know ahead of time, like, Hey, you guys, I noticed that, you know, when you're kind of getting into it with each other, sometimes I step in, sometimes I don't. So what I'm going to practice is asking if you need help. Okay. And you Perfect. can either say, yeah. I mean, cause my kids, I'm like, Oh my God, stop with the bickering. And they're like, mom, the only person that has a problem is you because they're just like, they're actually having fun with each other. And, but I can't stand, it sounds like bickering. It's I, I have to leave, you know, I have to leave the room cause it drives me nuts, but they're actually fine. Bonding, bonding. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God, you're killing me. Um, so that's another thing too, in the moment, also in the moment or outside of the moment, but then in the moment, you say like, okay, you know, 
this is this tool called boot them out. So it looks like you guys are having a problem. You're welcome to continue arguing. You just have to go out on the back porch to do it. Right. But not in front of me, please. Right. right. Well, and, and that's the I'm thing. Please not here. Yeah. Just please, you know, you can head out because what happens, and this is something we talked about with my son when he was younger, because he would have these big emotional outbursts. And it was like, it was like, he was like a black hole. Like he would have this emotion and we'd all like slowly get sucked in and then everybody's. And so I would talk to him about that. You know, you are welcome to be in your emotion. You are welcome to be so, so sad or so, so mad or so, so whatever. You just can't do it in the middle of the living room because in the middle of the living room, you pull us all in. And so what the follow-up was, he would have his emotional experience. And I would say, Hey, I see you having a hard time. Can you be in your emotion quietly or do you need to go to the other room? You know, and he was little and or like 10, you know, he'd be like, I'm not going to the other room. And I, and then the follow-up is like, well, can you walk to the other room on your own? Or do you want me to walk with you there? And then kindly and firmly arm around the shoulder, let's go. So sometimes you know, and you get to kind of be in the dance of seeing what your kids need in the moment. But sometimes it is appropriate to say, you guys are welcome to bicker and welcome to argue. Can you please do it outside? Um, okay. I really do that when you're in the car, but no, no, that's great. That's great. <laughs> no, like um, very, very recently with him, I bought him a journal. Awesome. A pen with an eraser. And because he's, you know, he's having some challenges in school with his behavior and stuff. And we saw a movie recently that was about these kids that were writing in their journal, like their experiences and stuff. And it was very impactful for him. And so I told him, like, listen, whenever you're angry, whenever you want to, you know, you have this notebook and you don't have to share with me, you know, like Mm -hmm. write it down. This is where you can put how you feel, what's bothering you. You don't have to, you know, cause he doesn't like writing. Um, you, ju- you can just do drawings or just put words or whatever you want. Cause I, I'm, I'm trying to give him different, expose him to different techniques. Yeah. 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 I think that's really smart. I think that's really smart for both your kids, right. Is just reminding them that there's lots of ways to express how they're feeling. And so again, coming back to what you want, which is like, there's no real way to get to like not have our kids argue. It's going to happen, right? It's going to happen. It sounds like you're, you're really practicing staying out of it and keeping and taking care of you, which is you're a million steps ahead of a lot of people. That's awesome. And now a couple other things you can do, especially as you are in that calm body, like I said, is asking, do you need, I notice you're having a hard time. Do you need help? So that's one. So it's stay out of it or check in, or you're welcome to argue. Please do it outside. Exactly. Right. And you can let them know ahead of time, like, Hey, be explicit. Like, this is what I'm going to start doing when you guys are arguing. And I just want to give you a heads up. So you know, what's coming and let them know. And ask them too, like, is there any, is there like another option that would be useful to you? What do you guys think? Right. So you're just kind of like, Hey, this is a thing. It happens. The way it's happening isn't working for me. I'm looking for solutions and here's what I'm going to start practicing. That's pretty helpful. 
Yeah. And then the follow-up conversation too, again, can sound like, like, Hey, do you want to process what went down earlier? I mean, if somebody's crying and has been like emotionally or physically hurt, you definitely, I would definitely say like, tell me about what went down. Like, even if, if the, how do you feel thing is triggering, like, tell me about how this all played out. Like, I'm curious about, because I'm noticing your, your sister's crying. What do you think she needs right now? What can we do to make this right? Right. So supporting or your brother is crying. What do you think he needs right now? How can we make this right? So supporting them in the practice of making amends and then ask them, like, is this something we need to, do we need to tease this apart or can you guys do that with each other or are we good here? Right. So, so you're, 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 what I understand from what you're saying is like, also have them figure it out between them two. Yeah. Not only me, like, okay, how are you doing? And how are you doing? No, no, no. Like, it sounds like you guys were having an argument and, yeah. and, and, and having some problems. And I, I hear you say like, do you guys need my help? But then reflect on how their relationship was maybe, you know. Yes. And not- if they get in a fight and then they're able to resolve it, like it's over right? You don't really need to always, but one thing when you know, when you do notice those glorious moments later on, you might say, Hey, I noticed you guys were really getting into it earlier. And then everything kind of calmed down. What was, how did you solve that? What was your strategy? So you're highlighting for them, like, Oh, you used tools. What were they? And then, you know, later on, a couple of days later, a week later, they're having a hard time and the drop-in becomes, sounds like you're having a hard time. I wonder, you know, remember last week when you had an issue and you guys worked it out. I wonder if that is the same kind of solution you could come up with for this scenario, right? So you're using past success and bringing it in. Yeah. But really it's about having faith in them because a lot of their bickering is like, when's mom going to show up? right? I hear you. you. Yeah. So you get to realize one and have do that special time with little Armando, Armando, right? Armando connect with sister. What is her name? Karina, Katrina, Karina, because as she gets older, even though our teenagers act like they don't want anything to do with us, they still relish that one-on-one time, even if they're not acting like it. So get that one, get that one-on-one time just keep it up, you know, and, uh, trust that they've got what they need. Yeah. It's, it's pretty amazing when we then hear from their own mouth, solving their, or reflecting on their certain situations. Yeah. It's yeah. the result of a lot of hard work for sure. Oh yeah. And a lot of repetition and a lot of modeling when my kids were younger, um, We called it making it right, you know, got to make it right, got to make it right. And it was always prompted and it was always prompted. And it's always really lovely these days when one of my kids without any prompting owns up to the other, like, oh, hey, sorry, sorry that I was being kind of a jerk earlier, right? Like, oh, yes, because they mean it, you know, and they want to be in relationship with each other. And they want things, my son, especially he's more like me where it just feels good when everything feels good. My daughter's a little bit like, I'm still pissed. So I'm going to make you feel bad. 
<laughs> but yeah, it is. It's really special, but it does take a lot of practice, a lot of practice, a lot of repetition, a lot of modeling, but I have no doubt that your kids will grow into well-adjusted, yeah. cooperative, contributing mm-hmm. members of society. So Yay. This was super helpful. And I, you know, I feel super blessed to be able to have this opportunity to be here with you and, and, and sharing my vulnerability, you know, and my challenges with being a healthy parent. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to close it out by asking you the question I ask all my guests, Giselle, do you know what question it's going to be? What does joyful courage mean to me? Yes. I'll try without not tearing up. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, um, I say I would think that um, joyful courage is 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 riding out the journey. You know, mm-hmm. um, is being open to the ups and downs, and understanding that there is a meaning to everything that happens to us. Mm-hmm. And and only when we show up and we lean into those challenges is that is where we become courageous. Yeah. Mm. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that and for being here with me. Thank you so much, Casey. Oh man, wasn't that so great? I'm so grateful to Giselle for coming on and sharing her challenge and being willing to be coached and play with me here in the podcast. Thank you again for listening. If you feel inspired and you haven't already, will you do me a favor? Head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review, please. We're working so hard to stand out and make a big impact on families around the globe. Your review helps the Joyful Courage podcast to be seen by even more parents. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Also follow Joyful underscore Courage on Instagram and Facebook. I love connecting with you on social media. Don't forget to come on over to Joyful Courage for Parents of Teens on Facebook. That's a private free group for parents to get support as well. I wanna give a big shout out to my daughter, Rowan who does all of my show notes so that all the links that you want to see are there. Thank you for your help, Rowie. And Chris Mann from Podshaper, who is my podcast editor. He works hard to make this show sound good for you each and every week. Thank you so much, Chris. All of you listeners, so grateful for you. So grateful for you. And don't forget, just like Giselle reminds us, when you're in it, I want you to remember, take a deep breath, follow it into your body, find that balcony seat, and trust that everything's going to be okay. Have a beautiful week, my friends. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and 
I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. 